Thank you for joining us. In today's world, we as grandparents and great-grandparents play major roles in the lives of our grandchildren and great-grandchildren. The question is, what are we doing to influence their lives? Much is said about the financial, healthcare, and elder care impact upon the world. Yet very little is said about the priority of establishing a solid spiritual legacy to be passed down from generation to generation and leave it to God to take care of the rest. Listen with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us. And Father, we pray that you would give me a word now from you on this Grandparents' Day and help me to preach it in the power of the Spirit. And I realize I have more sermon than I do time and help me to just go on into part two next Sunday. Give me the strength. Now, Father, we pray that people of the people of God would document by live stream or in person receiving what you have to say because there's a word from God for each of us and Lord help us to not miss what we have come for in Jesus name and all God's children said amen well we want you to turn to um, Psalms 42 11 we're going to deal with a very critical passage it's particularly geared toward uh, grandparents but but the truth be told it is for all parents and it is for all peoples and particularly believers in the Lord Jesus Christ and children as well. Uh, it's been about 10 or 15 years since I preached a message like this and God has convicted me to do such because of the times in which we live. The scripture says in Psalms 42, 11, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I want to preach today from the subject, victory over depression in a troubled world. Victory over depression in a troubled world. In a nation filled with grief, sickness, violence, and and the devastating effects of COVID-19, such as we have the restrictions that are put upon us because of COVID-19, unemployment, a volatile stock market, an uncertain economy, many are in quarantine. We have sickness and death all because of um, COVID-19. Uh, when we entered this year, we couldn't have imagined what we're experiencing right now. I told my wife just on yesterday, I said, it still seems like this is just a bad dream and we're going to wake up and everything just be normal again. People are stressed. People are fearful and so many are battling depression. Not only is depression prevalent in our seniors, But even many of our youth are struggling with depression to the point that they are having suicidal thoughts and even committing suicide at a very young age. 
Depression is widespread in our society and is possibly responsible for more pain and distress than even COVID-19 itself. With that being said, grandparents, we have a crucial role of impacting this culture and this generation and even future generation with the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. However, God cannot use you to the maximum of your potential until you address any form of depression within you. You're not too young to be depressed. You're not too old. And the truth be told, you really can't live in this life for 30, 40, 50, 60 years and not experience some form of depression. What is depression? Depression is defined as an emotional condition, either neurotic or psychotic characterized by a negative self-image, self-criticism, and I'll repeat it again if you think I'm going too fast, feelings of hopelessness, gloominess, people are feeling dejection, social withdrawal, self-pity, sadness, Frequent crying, heaviness of heart, pessimism, difficulty in thinking and concentrating, loss of appetite and sleep, overeating, reduction in activity, and fatigue. I'll say it again because I know some of you are are real writers. You write yeah, you're right. And you said, Pastor, was a little bit fast, and I just want you to get this, and, um, and we'll try this again for the sake of those who are trying to pin this down, and even not for yourself, but others who need it from you. Depression is defined as an emotional condition, either neurotic or psychotic, characterized by negative self-image, self-criticism, Feelings of hopelessness, gloominess, dejection, social withdrawal, self-pity, sadness, frequent crying, heaviness of heart, pessimism, difficulty in thinking and concentrating, loss of appetite and sleep, overeating, Reduction in activity and fatigue. What are some types of of depression? There are some I just didn't want to mention because they were so personal in nature. And I just didn't want to say some of this because this message is going all over the world. But I will give you a number of them, even though it is not a complete list. What are some types of depression? A healthline dot com article written by Ann Pietrello and medically reviewed by Dr. Timothy J. Legg gives us several types of depression. 
You can just write the types down and you can always research this on your own because it's going to be too much for you to try to document everything I say. But just write the, the major points. Number one, you have what you call major depression. Major depression is fairly common. About 16.2 million adults in the United States have experienced at least one major depressive episode. People with major depression experience symptoms most of the day, every day. Like many mental health conditions, it has little to do with what's happening around you. You can have a loving family. Listen, you can have a loving family. You can have tons of friends and a dream job that you always wanted. You can have the kind of life that others even envy and still have depression. Even if there's no obvious reason for your depression, that doesn't mean it's not real or that you can simply tough it out. Major depression. Then you have what you call number two, persistent depression. Persistent depression lasts for two years or more. It's also called chronic depression. Persistent depression is also called chronic depression. Persistent depression might not feel as intense as major depression, but it can still strain relationships and make daily tasks difficult. Then you have manic or bipolar disorder. You have manic or or bipolar disorder. Manic depression consists of periods of mania and hypomania where you feel very happy, alternating with episodes of depression. In severe cases, episodes can include hallucinations and delusions. Uh, Fourthly, you have depressive psychosis. Depressive psychosis. Depressive psychosis occurs when people with major depressive uh, feelings also go through periods of losing touch with reality. This is known as psychosis, which can involve hallucinations and delusions. Then you have what you call perinatal depression. Perinatal depression. Perinatal depression is often called postpartum depression and occurs during pregnancy or within four weeks of childbirth. Postpartum only applies to depression after giving birth. Perinatal depression can occur while you are pregnant. Next, you have seasonal depression. Seasonal depression is related to certain seasons of the year. People get very depressed. For most people, this type of depression tends to happen during the winter months. Like up in Alaska where you have very little daylight. And, and in Seattle where it just, they have stints of just rainy season, just rains and the sun doesn't shine for days. Seasonal depression may get worse as the season progresses and can lead to suicidal thoughts. Once spring rolls around, however, symptoms tend to improve. This might be related to changes in your bodily rhythm in response to the increase in natural light. That's why people need to get out the dark and get in the light. And then you have something called, this is fascinating, you have what you call a situational depression. Situational depression. Situational depression 
uh, looks like major depression in many respects. However, it is brought on by specific events or situations such as the death of a loved one, a serious illness, or other life-threatening events, going through divorce or child custody issues, being emotionally or physically in an abusive relationship, being unemployed or facing serious financial difficulties and facing extensive legal troubles. Of course, it's normal to feel sad and anxious during events like these, even to withdraw from others for a bit. But situational depression happens when these feelings start to feel out of proportion with the triggering event and interfere with your daily life. Situational depression symptoms tend to start within three months of the initial event. Then you have what you call atypical depression. Atypical depression. Atypical depression refers to depression that temporarily goes away in response to positive events. Despite its names, atypical depression isn't unnatural or rare. It also doesn't mean that it's more or less serious than other types of depression. Having atypical depression can be particularly challenging because you may not always seem depressed to others or even yourself. Symptoms of atypical depression can include increased appetite and weight gain, disordered eating, poor body image, sleeping more than usual, insomnia, heaviness, in your arms or legs that last an hour or more a day, feelings of rejection and sensitivity to criticism and assorted aches and pain. Now, that's about all I'm going to give you. That's enough to make you depressed if I'm not careful. (laughs) Any one of us may occasionally feel down. However, if you are sad most of the time, and it affects your life daily, you may have depression. Be encouraged. Depression is a condition which is treatable with medicine, uh, is treatable by speaking with a licensed therapist, is treatable by changing your lifestyle or by divine intervention from God. Depression affects us mentally. Depression affects us emotionally. If it affects us physically and it affects us spiritually. It can often be identified in some while others know how to hide their depression very well. They're real depressed, but they're very good at hiding their depression. What causes depression? What causes depression? Well, first of all, absolutely no one is exempt from depression. Anyone can develop it. Depression can stem from genetics, family history. Uh, It can come from severe stress, medications. It can come as a result of drugs and alcohol. It can be a chemical imbalance in your brain, long-term unemployment, living in an abusive relationship, working in an prolonged, tense stressful environment, 
Depression can come on because of life circumstances beyond your control. It can come on because you're habitually worrying. Uh, You're coping with a serious medical condition in your own body. And even the loved one, the precious death of a loved one can bring on moments of depression. It's nothing new. Even back in biblical times, you have depression. There are others. I'm going to give you a few. I can't give you. I'm not going to talk about Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. I could talk about him. I could talk about the depression of Moses. Uh, I, 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 could, I could talk about uh, some, some other personalities in the Bible. Uh, uh, but for sake of time, let me just uh, talk about a few here and we'll be barely able to handle these people in the Bible who experience depression. Uh, a David experienced depression. Second Samuel 12, 15 through 18. If you can find it, you can turn there if you, as fast as you can. If you can't, just uh, ask God for help, okay? (laughs) People in the Bible who experience depression. David experienced depression. In 2 Samuel 12, 15 through 18, it says, After Nathan had gone home, the Lord struck the child that that Uriah's wife had born to David. He committed adultery, and God got him and got him good. And he became ill. That's the babe. David pleaded with God for the child. He fasted and spent the nights lying in sackcloth on the ground. Verse 17, the elders of his household stood beside him to get him uh, up from the ground. But, but he refused. He refused to get up. Now, just because you're fasting don't mean you have to stay on the ground 100% of the time. There was some depression in there. And he would not eat any food with them. Now, not eating is, so, is associated with fasting. But you can overdo that even because of depression. Verse 18, on the seventh day, the child died. David's attendants were afraid to tell him that the child was dead. For they thought while the child was still living, he wouldn't listen to us when we spoke to him. How can we now tell him the child is dead? You know, you say, why do you figure he's depressed, uh, Pastor? Because because of those around him observing him, uh, it was, his 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 state of his state had gone really beyond fasting into depression, because they said he may do something drastic. He may do something drastic and desperate, and that indicates to me. That he was just not only fasting uh, and praying, but but I believe his sin brought on depression. Beloved, unconfessed sin will bring on depression. Therefore, repent and get right, get in right standing with God. Unconfessed sin. If you don't deal with your sin, sin brings on depression. Therefore, repent and get in right standing with God. Isaiah 59, 2 also said, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. And let me tell you something. When you get in a, in a place where God doesn't hear you and, and, and you're on bad terms with God, you're running from God. You're in regression with God. That will bring on depression, my friends. Being separated from God for an extended period of time because of sin will bring on depression. Living holy and possessing a good relationship with Jesus 
keeps you from being overcome by depression. I'll say it again. Living holy and possessing a good relationship with Jesus keeps you from being overcome by depression. David had moments of depression. And there are some other passages, but time won't permit. Then B, Job ended up in depression. He ended up in depression. In depression. Job chapter 1, uh, verses 1 through 5, it talks about Job, the prosperity of Job. It says, uh, There was a man in the land of us whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright, and one who feared God and shunned evil. And seven sons and three daughters were born to him. Also, His possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household. The man was blessed beyond measure. So that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. Verse 4. And his sons would go uh, and feast in their houses, each on his appointed day, and would sin and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. So it was when the days of feasting had run their course that Job was sent, that Job would sin and sanctify them and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. So Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did regularly. I want to park there just for a moment and say this. Job was a wealthy man. He was a holy man. Job was a godly man. Job was a blameless man. Job was an upright man who feared God and shunned evil. Job worshiped God and even interceded in prayer for his children in case they had sinned against God. Grandparents, there's a word tucked in there for you. Like Job, we should be known, grandparents, for our relationship with God. This is no time for weak grandparents, wimpy grandparents, grandparents who are afraid to speak up and tell the truth to their grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Some of you perhaps have... Children who uh, have lifestyles that are not of God. Maybe they're in lesbianism, homosexuality. Maybe, maybe they are uh, just immoral. They're doing everything under the sun that breaks your heart. Speak the truth in love to them. Having a godly influence before our children is so essential as grandparents. And interceding like Job and interceding in prayer for each of our children, name by name, is so important. Calling your children name by name, your grandchildren name by name. I don't care what they're in and how far from God they get. They can't get so lost and so far that God can't grab them, that God can't arrest them. And when you stop praying for your children, your husband, anyone in your family, your grandchildren, you are saying that this issue is too hard for God. And I declare to you, it's not. 
in a, in a lawless, immoral, sinful, confused nation. Our children and grandchildren need us to be patriarchs and matriarchs who will stand in the gap and fight for the precious souls of our future generation. You got to be willing to fight for your children. You say, I don't, I don't see anything. They're getting worse. Keep on praying. Keep on believing. Keep on fighting. Don't give up. Keep on hoping. Keep on believing. Keep on fighting. I don't care if you don't see a thing. Keep on hoping. Keep on believing. Keep on praying. Keep on fighting. I don't care if you see nothing in 10 years. Keep on hoping. Keep on believing. Keep on praying. No one is too hard for Almighty God. Can you say hallelujah? As blessed as Job was, tragedy strikes in Job's house. In Job chapter 1 verses 13 through 22, it says, Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in, the, in their oldest brother's house. And a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the, donkey, the donkeys feeding beside them. When the Sabaeans raided them and took them away, indeed, they have killed the servants, Job, with a sword, with the edge of a sword, Job. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Verse 16, while he was still speaking, another also came and said, the fire of God, Job, fell from heaven and burned up the sheep, the servants, and consumed them. And I alone am have escaped. To tell you, while he was still speaking, another also came and said, Oh, Job, 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 the Chaldeans formed three bands, raided the camels and took them away. Yes, and killed the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you, Job is bad. Verse 18, while he was still speaking, another also came and said, Oh, oh, Job, I don't want to tell you this, Job. I got some more bad news for you. Your sons and daughters. All ten of your children were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell on the young people, and they are dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you, Job. Verse 20. Then Job arose. Tore his robe and shaved his head and he fell to the ground. That's enough to make you fall to the ground. But look what I, look what he does. He worshiped. Let me pause right there and talk to you parents and grandparents. Parents and grandparents, never allow tragedy to stop you from worshiping your God. The Word of God says that wisdom and understanding belong to the old, and He commands us to let our lights shine among our children and grandchildren. Truly, it is time for grandparents to rise and shine for Christ in troubling times. By loving and patiently setting the spiritual tone for our families, we can make a difference and change will come. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. 
Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.